Welcome to the Bitcoin Consciousness Podcast and the continuation of my conversation with Tomer Strolight. The intention behind the background music here is for you to settle into your body and into your senses so you are able to experience this conversation on multiple levels. Since everything has a frequency, also the topics or concept that we discuss here in the podcast also have their own frequency and it's possible to tune into these frequencies and listen to these not only with your mind but with your inner senses. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. So just for listeners, we had a small technical glitch that kept us from continuing the conversation exactly where we left off. So it's been days since we spoke, and I'm going to try to pick up midstream to the last sentence because uh, I had to listen to it. And we were talking about the humanity being, and we were talking about how it senses things and how it thinks and how it feels. And we were talking about it having an identity crisis, and we were talking about it going through different ages. And I haven't completed all my thinking about this I mean, this could be the rest of the rest of my life exploring the idea of the humanity being but I've had an opportunity to think some more about some of the things that we had mentioned earlier in this conversation we had talked about how human beings go through different ages like their child age and their puberty age and their adult age and we can see that the humanity being has been through and I, I said like who knows exactly how many ages the humanity being might go through. It doesn't necessarily have to go through the same number of ages as human beings. And of course, it hit me the reflection where humanity has gone through many ages. We've, and we've actually even called them that. It's been through the Stone Age, the Bronze Age, the Iron Age, the Golden Age, the Age of Reason, the Industrial Age, the Information Age, an age that it's in now. And I think it's... You know, it's going through this transformation into a different age, um, which for now I'll just call the Bitcoin age. But I think it might be a higher, a higher level of age than any that came before it. And it's a, and it's a very positive and optimistic thing. Uh, you know, we have had ages in the past that have been setbacks. We also went through the Dark Ages, which came after Rome. Right when Rome fell, we were in the Dark Ages. But then we we recovered. Right? Mankind had fallen once again, and and we recovered and or it recovered and it formed the age of reason through, through so this shows how important reason is to the humanity being right? because without reason it, it it endured a period of the dark ages and the age of reason was really for mankind it's rediscovery and I'm, this is a really interesting point that i'm about to make it's rediscovery of the roots and tools of logic, right? It, it was Muslim scholars, or Arab scholars who brought back the translated works of Aristotle that had been lost when the Library of Alexandria was lost to the Roman Empire and with it, all the works of logic and all the knowledge and workings of reason that Aristotle had pioneered. And without that, humanity fell into dark ages, into like a thousand years of short lives for the human beings and not much progress for the humanity beings. But when reason was introduced, 
we endured an age, endured, we enjoy, we celebrated an age of reason, which has been ongoing in many degrees and led to the Industrial Revolution and the Information Age, which we're now enjoying. And, and, and the humanities got you know, some other problems, I, I'd argue, and maybe dealing with this age of lying, because in creating media, communications technology, we might also call this the, the interconnected human being age, right? Like what, what most differentiates a modern human being from a being, human being even 30 years ago, although there was like long distance telephone, it was expensive and it was hardly used. Here I am, I don't even know what country you're in. I think you're in Europe, I know, and I'm in North America. And here we are interconnected, talking, recording, sharing this with millions of other human beings. Although only a couple hundred will listen, but you know, just about any human being in the world can hear our conversation when we're done. And it, we're in the age of interconnected human beings. And that is both an opportunity and a threat to the humanity being. It's an opportunity to bring together all the human beings, mutual communication and understanding and exploration and to really thrive as a being of the collected humanity of human beings. But it's also a threat because if anyone is able to take over and control and manipulate the message that is communicated through this communication technology, that, that individual human being or that small group of human beings can manipulate what other human beings think. And so therefore they can manipulate other human beings because human beings act on the basis of what they think. This is- Manipulate the humanity beings own cells. So the, yes. the humanity beings reason is manipulating its own cells, uh, trying to move forward in that yeah. way. Yeah, so here, like, so what is the, first of all, what is the humanity being's memories? I, I'm going on a slight tangent here, but it's where you're going with this. I'm going to give you one, one or two more building blocks to really work with this model. So uh, the humanity being has something else that's similar to human beings, but it, it affects it. When you were born, you were born what's called tabula rasa, as a clean slate, right? You don't have any memories. You don't know any languages. You don't really know much about good and evil. You don't have the concept of good and evil. You have to learn everything uh, from from scratch, and that's what. And we teach every human. Like part of what we do as human beings is we teach them. We teach them our language. We teach them our stories. We teach them our culture, so that we pass our ideas. We pass our memories from one to the other. We teach our history, which is all the memories of everything that's ever happened, and we teach them. And that's how we try to transplant ideas and thoughts with the best of intentions to our offspring. The humanity being is, there's only one humanity being, but it's composed of all these human beings. And this teaching of history from one human being to another, from all the human beings to all the others, is the story of humanity, right? That's what history is. And so it is that history is humanity's memory, the humanity being's memory, and it's self, assessment and it, it, we're aware of history and we say and history look and history is human the humanity being looking in the mirror or looking into its own mind and its own memory and saying look at what i've done i started as a stone aged distributed creature you know living short lives and dying 
and then I discovered language, and then I discovered fire, and then I discovered tool making, and then I discovered electricity, and then I, no, so before I discovered, and then I stumbled and I fell and I hurt myself at dark ages, and then I rose back up having rediscovered my reason, and I discovered electricity, and I traveled to the moon, I invented the internet, and, and I'm coming together as a whole, but who am I? What am I? Am I good? Am I evil? How do I, how do I achieve my next greatness? Am I great? Am I rotten? These are all the different ideas that history paints of mankind. And it is mankind's identity that mankind sees themselves in. So history and philosophy, which is the interpretation of history and much of the ideas are, are very, very important subjects um, because they, the history that we tell humanity about itself is how humanity feels about itself. Humanity, this incredible being that is achieving great things and also making mistakes along the way. And, um, and, and part of what it's battling right now is figuring out how to, use, how to exist in its new age, right? It's had this transformation, this metamorphosis again, right? This is a difficult experience and story that humanity goes through. Humanity first had, you know, and humanity has now made a new discovery, just like fire, right? And with fire, you could burn yourself, but you could also cook food and live longer and keep yourself warm. Humanity has discovered communication technology, invented it. Fire was a discovery, but communication technology is an invention of mankind. But it's like fire, it's dangerous. And the danger is that lies and misinformation get spread to all its human beings, which are the cells that compose it. And they need to find a way to remember correctly and truthfully, or it will enter another dark age until it can figure out and it'll fall again. And, and maybe it will project uh, the communication technology because it'll see this poisonous, or it will not fall and it will figure out how to use this communication technology to become a stronger, greater, more amazing being on the earth. And I think that's what's happening right now uh, with humanity because it tries to digest this new discovery that it made. And I, of course, think that Bitcoin is an important element of this because it is, what is it at the end of the day? It's not money. It's a truth machine. It's a truth verification engine. And it's a model for truth verification. And if the humanity being can give each of its human beings a truth verification machine, then they won't be misled and they won't be lied to effectively. And they won't be enslaved by to this, the dark side of the communications technology invention of mankind. All right, that's a mouthful. If your mind isn't blown yet, nothing yeah. else I say will. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to, you know, I got so many visions and I had to let them go to be able to hear you. Your, your, you your listen to this over and over again. You listen to this over and over again because there is... There's a lot that I just packed in there and I only just packed in like 30% of what I've been thinking about the last couple of days since we started this conversation. I have a lot I have to write and a lot I have to communicate, but it's a very, very 
powerful so, idea. So if I will reflect on this a little bit, you could say yeah. that uh, internet, it could be like an upgrade of the uh, nervous system, you could say, because everything is communicating faster and more intensive. With all the cells can connect much faster. Yeah. So it's like an upgrade yeah. to the whole system. Yeah. And, and yeah. then I find... It, imagine, also, yeah. I was gonna say, imagine an animal, imagine like a slime mold that consists of so many different cells and then somehow it evolves an ability to connect and intercommunicate between all these different cells. It, and and that's, that conscious. speeds up its, its evolution. Yeah. Yeah, and and yeah. then and then it's so interesting what you say with ed, uh, age of reason because it's it's like we could we could experience the positive things of the reason when we pull us out of the dark ages and we created industrial age and so on and now we're sort of on the other side where we where we experience all the the negative effects of being too huh. dependent of the reason so it's like we, yes. we need to oh, we need so to you know what yes. <laughs> So it's it's like um, yes, it's exactly it. We invented so in the same way that man discovered alcohol not to get drunk, but to they didn't mankind didn't know it at the time, but they invented it to have drink, drinkable refreshment because bacteria like if you drank water you got sick because it was filled with bacteria, but if you drank beer or wine you didn't because the alcohol in it. Sterilized it, right? Disinfected it, and but if you drank too much, you would get drunk and you would make a bunch of mistakes, and the next day you'd have a really fucking bad hangover, right? This is humanity with technology. It initially <laughs> enables a, a kind of safety and a kind of growth that wasn't possible before that we were limited to, but we have drunk too much from it. We are addicted to it, and whether that's industrialization or technology, we're over consuming right we're getting drunk on material stuff and uh, on centralization well central but even just techno i'd say we are overindulging human the human beings and therefore collectively the humanity being is overindulging in what it can get right we are exploiting the environment we're exploiting other beings on the earth we're exploiting mm. our own selves uh, just for the indulgence of owning many things, right? Of having the most toys, of being really wealthy. We're not really, we're, we're not really thinking. We're on a drunken uh, binge of consumption, right? Like, like we're literally spending like drunken sailors. The humanity being is spending like a drunken sailor. It's drinking everything in sight. It's, it's grabbing everything it sees without consideration for replanting or all this. It's on a drunken tear. And now it's awakening to the fact that this is a stupid thing that it's doing. And it's feeling shame and it's feeling guilt and it's feeling hungover and feeling shitty. And, that, and so it needs to recover. And we're, again, the timelines of this is not one night, right? As I described for a human being, it is generations for the humanity being. And this is the collective consciousness that, or the collective unconscious that we're all experiencing. We're all looking at ourselves and saying, yeah, it's nice that I'm, I've got a printer and a refrigerator or like several refrigerators and fancy drinks and fancy whiskey. If we talk about the first world part, part of, you know, like the first world problems, they're really kind of sick problems to, to self-interpret as a problem. And they are like the, uh, you know, a drunken person feeling that his problem is he doesn't have more drink in front of him. It's overindulgent. And I don't say this as someone who's like, I'm not a Marxist or anything. I think human beings should enjoy their lives fully. I'm just pointing out that 
you don't really enjoy your life when you're overindulging, right? When you're feeling too, like if you've overeaten, you don't feel particularly good. You feel kind of sick from overindulging. And if you buy too many things and have to take care of too many things and you're going to have too much money, you're, you feel sick from having too much of it. It's, it's no fun being one of the 10 richest people in the world, I don't think. Right? People haven't really thought much about that, but it's like, that person has way too much money. Everyone looks at them and thinks about money. They have to think about what to do with their money. They're feeling guilty that they're not donating enough of it, or that you know, or that nobody looks at them for who they are. And I don't, I don't want to go too far into that. But I'm saying humanity, the humanity being, is overindulging, and it recognizes it now. Like we're com- we're not in that drunk. The, the industrial age was we kept developing new things and kept inventing new things and didn't really look back much at the harm we might be doing to ourselves or to the environment that was the mm, this wine is good this is nice oh this is making me feel really cool <laughs> like we were starting to get drunk on it and now we're, we're very drunk on it and we can see that it's not a great situation to be in and we can see that we're if we continue to drink too much more especially this new drug that we discovered called the internet or communication technology that's once maybe a it's like a pill that makes us see things. It's a psychedelic, right? Like I can now see you, you can see me, we can talk to each other, we're self-aware. But if we take too much of it, we lose ourselves into, into it. And it's and this is, again, this is Mark Zuckerberg's version, just lose yourself into the metaverse. Right? And no, that's, an, that's losing our, that's humanity becoming addicted, so addicted to technology that it loses its sense of itself and its purpose. We need to connect back with reality. We need to get. We need to take a break. Figure out how to take the right dose of these, of these things, so that we can be a healthy being on the planet and serve our purpose. Uh, have you thought about uh, which kind of function Bitcoin have to the humanity being? Because uh, if we say the internet is sort of like a, a speedy nervous system, and, and it's in, in it improves its communication but if we think of bitcoin and its function in humanity it could almost be yeah. like a conscience you know it's some it's something yeah. like just keeping keeping the humanity being away from those indulgences that you talk about and keeping them in check and or have you thought about that no but i, I think it's a great I, I love your idea here I, I i don't know that it's perfect but i don't think any of my ideas are perfect either I want to work on it. The, the idea that Bitcoin is humanity's conscience is going to take me to a story that most people know, but some people don't know all that well, which is the story of Pinocchio. And the story of Pinocchio is this really interesting um, tale of Geppetto is this doll maker and he makes, and, he, and he's alone. He's unmarried. He has no kids. He dreams of having a kid. Yeah. And and uh, he makes one really, really beautiful doll of a, lo- of a boy. He wishes this boy would come to life. And an angel comes, and uh, the, or a fairy, right? The blue fairy comes, who you could deem as an angel in the story. And it brings to life the puppet, but it's still a wooden doll. And, and, it does it, and it's not fully formed. It's not human. It wishes to be human. It wishes to be a human, a human being, but it hasn't realized all, it needs to learn. It needs to learn about good and evil. And she gives Pinocchio two things um, to, to go upon this journey. She gives him a conscience, in, which is externalized in the story. It's Jiminy Cricket. He has a cricket who walks around and tells him, don't do this. That's not a good idea. 
but he still makes these mistakes. And she gives him um, an ability to see when he is lying because, and when he's telling the truth. Because when Pinocchio lies, his nose grows. <laughs> like we can all, we can all see it, and so can everybody else. So it's it's a he has this terrible tell. He can't really get away with telling a lie because everyone can see it and he can see it. And so both of these things are meant to show him the difference between right and wrong. And in the story of Pinocchio, he, it's basically a story of him making all these mistakes and suffering the consequences for it. He sells out, he becomes a slave, he gets sent off to some island, he, he takes a temptation of going to some island that looks like a party, but really you turn into a donkey if you're there. Like, you know, like these are all what human beings are kind of going through throughout their, their lives. And eventually he learns to be good and he actually does a good deed and rescues his father, Geppetto. And then he's turned, and then he's turned into a real boy because he's developed his own inner conscience and his own knowledge not to tell a lie. And that is that is humanity's journey, <laughs> like in in some ways, right? We need yeah. we have been given a conscience now. Like this, Bitcoin is maybe it's our Jiminy Cricket or something, and we need to learn to stop telling lies. And we need for our history to be true, not to be a manipulated thing, because our history is how we remember ourselves. It's how humanity, you were saying, how does humanity taste? I don't know. I don't even know if it tastes, but I know how it thinks and I know how it remembers. And it remembers and thinks through history. It wakes up, you know, every morning and looks in the, in, in the reflective mirror. And every morning might be like every thousand years or every hundred years or every 30 years. And it says, what do I remember now? And it like, and today it wakes up because it's on drugs. It says, oh, I remember that I have to check my Twitter feed. I remember that I have to go on Facebook. I remember that I have to play a video game. It doesn't remember that it has to tend to the earth and reproduce itself and feed itself and, and take care of all these other things. Not so well. Um, it remembers that it has to get reelected. It remembers all, remembers all these very narrow, narrow things. Um, and it doesn't think about history, right? What is this one great expression we have in humanity? It says those who don't study history are doomed to repeat it, right? When mankind does not learn, does not remember itself, it is doomed to make the same mistakes that it made before. History is mankind's memory. And imagine it being without a memory. Christopher Nolan made an interesting movie about this memento. He had in it a main character who forgot everything every five minutes, was unable to form memories, short or long term. And the struggle of that character is that he can't tell good from evil. He doesn't know who his friends and who his enemies are. He doesn't know what's right and what's wrong. And he ends up, he ends up being used by others to commit atrocities, to, to commit murders. I don't want to spoil too much of the movie, but this is the humanity being this problem too, the humanity being if it doesn't remember, if it doesn't form memories, which is study history, it'll behave like the character in, in Memento. It, it, it will say, which way do I go? What do I do? I don't know right from wrong. I can't remember what happened 30 revolutions around the sun ago or 75 revolutions around the sun ago. Right? And it's important. It's not just important that we remember what happened within our individual lifetimes as human beings. We must remember what's happened in the humanity beings lifetime right we the humanity being can never remember directly what happened a hundred years ago because uh, 120 years ago so because there's no human being who experienced directly 120 years ago 
But every one of us can remember what happened 120 years ago by studying history. And we can remember what happened 5,000 years ago. So humanity, so, and if humanity wants to keep a good memory, if humanity now wants to really have a rock solid memory, it needs to record and find ways to communicate its history accurately to the future. And Bitcoin does serve as a model of something, the entire history of which can be accurately recorded and preserved forever, truthfully. Some of these other ideas, pretty much every other idea, I don't think we've yet discovered how to transmit with perfect fidelity to the future. And it doesn't have to be this perfect memory that humanity has, but it needs to be a reasonably accurate memory and it needs to remember things. Like it needs to be a memory. But right now we're repeating many of the mistakes that humanity made only two generations of human beings ago. That's this really could bad. be connected but, with the high time preference that, that are very common yeah. nowadays. Because also yeah. the native people, they, they knew this or they because they were telling these stories, you know, the elders yeah. told the kids and they were trying to keep memories alive to learn from their right. past mistakes. Right. But nowadays it's like yeah. people don't even care what happened last week because it's like, oh, this the latest news and that's that's what's most mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Well, one, one other really interesting thing about this is like we sit here today and we talk about the humanity being because and only because technology has brought it together, has brought all these different tribes and countries and communities and, and, and cultures together on on the internet so that we're all now inescapably part of the humanity being nobody's living in isolation right like if you if you, you were talking about cultures and my mind went to like there were human beings who were separated from each other for five for thousands of years yeah. and so their view of themselves was not as they might not have even been aware that there were other human beings let alone they certainly didn't see themselves as being part of the same culture right when these these cultures met, they clashed, and usually they killed each other, right? So, you know, and, and sometimes actually one culture would have extincted, uh, brought to extinction another or, or, or snuffed out the existence of another culture. But today we sit here and, and we're scratching our heads trying to figure it out. Like we still have the history of so many of these cultures, which manifest themselves as nations, which manifest themselves as religions, which manifest themselves as cultures. And that we're trying, and the humanity being is trying to piece them all together right now, right? It's like, but do I believe in Jesus Christ or do I believe in science? What of the contradiction between the two? What is the unity between the two? What about the myths and stories and legends and insights of the native peoples of all these different areas? The humanity being is really struggling. It's a, the internet has opened it up to look at all the different things that are in your history and in your mind. And others have taken advantage of it to try to seed to, to seed to try to gain power. This is the identity crisis that humanity is going through right now. It's a very, it's a very important time. This transformative age that the humanity being finds itself in. Yeah, I I had just imagined it to be um, uh, quite short, but also. You said earlier in this interview that it could be like the dark night of the soul for the humanity being. It could be hundred years because it has on a Easily. such huge time spans. Yeah, that's right. Easily, and that that's that's where it's. I think this is a really interesting idea that helps us as individual human beings to understand what is that higher purpose that we that we all seem to share. It's with, like, 
this is a useful way to look at humanity and because I think I think what's unique about it versus other views is it's not the first time the word humanity is used, but humanity tends to look at, okay, well, all the human beings living on this planet right now, we've got to take care of them. Right? The, the old ones have died or the ones who are no longer here have died. And the new ones that come, yeah, that we talk about leaving a better world for them, but we don't think of ourselves directly as being part of this same being, which is humanity being. And I think, I think for me at least, this view resolves the age-old moral philosophical question that says, as a, as a human being, what is the good? Is it what's good for you as an individual? But should you pursue that above what's good for humanity? Or should you subordinate yourself to humanity and sacrifice yourself for what's good for humanity? Or is there some third option? And for me, it's that third option that says, that which is, do not harm the humanity being. You are part of it. It's like a cell harming its own body. But do not harm yourself. It is like a cell harming itself. Do that which is beneficial to yourself, your, your cell within the humanity being, and that which is beneficial to the humanity being. Don't harm either. It requires that you think. Right? It's, not, it's easier to just help yourself to something than to think about its impact and consequence on humanity. And it's self-destructive to sacrifice yourself for the sake of humanity you end up weak and poor and you don't really advance the cause of humanity in doing that. But if you actually think and say, how do I synthesize? How do I make it so that my actions are beneficial to me and beneficial to humanity? You can live with a clear conscience and humanity can live with a clear conscience. Yeah. And from my experience so far is that when you let's go of all the learned programming from society and schools and and culture, family, then what you want to do is often in alignment with the humanity being. So it's often the layers of uh, illusion that, that we learn how to be in a certain way, often manipulative. But when we take more and more of those distortions off, we become more naturally aligned with humanity being and earth being. That's mm -hmm. what's have happened in my life, uh, I feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is part. So, so there is this other interesting phenomenon that in the lives of many individual human beings, as they go through their 70 years, 50 year period, you know, of, of being a human, they go through phases too, not just, the, not just um, the physical phases that I described, child age, puberty age, adult age, but they go through ages of knowledge, ages of perspective, perception and in the child age it's kind of like this learning age and this greedy and immature age the pinocchio stage right um and and then many will have their earning age where they are responsible for themselves and, and their immediate family which is a projection towards a humanity being but it's a very limited one it's like i've got me i've got my spouse i've got my offspring i've got my parents you're starting to abstract to a higher sense of being but you haven't quite abstracted all the way to humanity being. Maybe you've got some role in, in something that's a significant culture, like you run a business or you're really committed to your business or you run something in politics that's meaningful to you and you project yourself, oh, there's a culture being, there's a politics being, I'm part of a corporation, I'm part of that thing. 
Um, and so it's a bigger community of people that I'm projecting myself out to and caring for and caring about. And some people behave in a healthy way in that structure. Some people behave in an unhealthy way. They try to take from that thing rather than nourish that thing that they see themselves as being a part of. And then the information age and the industrial age has really connected the whole world together. And in connecting that whole world together, it's made us all aware that there is humanity, the humanity being over time, subconsciously. I think you and I are exploring this at a conscious, but we're bringing this idea to the fore, but I don't think many people are gonna, who listen to this are gonna say, yeah, I don't, I don't see that humanity ex exists. It's a, it's a delusion, it's, a, it's a imaginary thing that you guys are painting. Can I just ask you a quick question, Simon? Did you see the movie that I uh, released with Matt Hornick called Bitcoin is Generational Wealth? Yes, yes. It was a few months ago, but uh, I saw it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was probably not a few months ago because it was only a month and a bit ago. But, but in, in any event, it, there was a section in it, the section that talked about 2008. And it's and it actually now, as I as I was telling you this, it reminded me of the movie because it, it says that the years the years two thousand and eight, um, humanity has recovered from its fall and fall from the um, from World War II from nineteen forty eight and more abundance exists than ever before. Global trade and information networks now span the globe. And if after this conversation, I would now add connecting all of humanity, right? Connecting all human beings to one another. This is where we found ourselves in 2008. And it was interestingly, uh, the, the financial crisis of 2008 was this turning point for humanity where it, I guess, got a little too drunk and did something a little too stupid. Um, it was enjoying, life was so much fun. Everyone was enjoying the 1980s, the 1990s, that we we're in this great spending binge and we had music and nightclubs and all this stuff. And then something went really, really wrong with some part of the apparatus of humanity, which was this financial crisis that was, that was you know, uh, like, like spending like a drunken sailor, just to be really, I think it's a really apt metaphor right now as we speak. So humanity was spending like a drunken sailor. And instead of taking on a recession, which would be like sobering up, he got more drunk. He created more more money, which is more drink in a sense. And, and so now, or 13 years later in 2021, um, we find ourselves like really having had like a toxic amount of debt. Um, and, it, and we call it toxic debt, right? Like, and, and I'm referring to it as like having a, drinking a toxic amount of alcohol right? that, that endangers you. Well, like, mankind's really over, overdone it with the debt. And, um, and that's another thing that Bitcoin is kind of here as a fix for, right? Like this sober cell of humanity named Satoshi Nakamoto realized what was going on to some degree and said, like, this is just, I must put an end to this debt binge that humanity is on. It's growing out of control. And he somehow figured out how to invent it through Bitcoin. And many men, more of us are adopting it. And Bitcoin is the expanding sobriety of humankind to say enough with the debt. Money must be backed by work, not just conjured up out of nowhere to be spent by administrators who themselves are incompetent and irresponsible. Uh, it's time for response. It's time to be responsible again. It's time to grow up. It's time forced to have rehab. Preference. It's forced rehab. It is. It is Bitcoin's conscience. It is humanity's conscience 
reasserting itself. That's why Bitcoiners are such moral people. And, and for anyone who's listening who's not a Bitcoiner, I'm not trying to say you're an immoral person unless you become a Bitcoiner. It's it's Bitcoiners hold morality and integrity at such a high level because they are, in a sense, representing the reawakening and the resobriety of of humankind. And they have no beef with you if you are if you are not spending like a drunken sailor, but are working to better the earth uh, and to better human humanity. But if you if you are, are a non Bitcoiner, wondering why this is that Bitcoin is this sobriety, it's because the source of drunkenness is the money printing, it's the overproduction of money, it's the thinking that you can get something for nothing, which is what making money out of nothing is the delusion. You like you print money, but you don't actually create anything, you just are basically siphoning the wealth that's being created by the people who have to work away from them and towards those who are receiving the free money. So it's like, this is the effect of the drug of money printing, right? It's a bad drug. It sucks oxygen from the cells that are working to the cells that are parasitic. And, and, and it starves the productive cells of humanity. And that's why it induces this drunken behavior in humanity, because it, this drunken behavior is cells that aren't working, taking charge and taking power over cells that are working, right? Does this, this, this all makes sense. So Bitcoin is, is medicine that, that the humanity being is taking, that's starting, and then this medicine is starting to kick in. <laughs> it was, mm. It's got a value of a trillion dollars now uh, across the humanity network. And, uh, and we even, in the Bitcoin community, we talk about it as taking a pill, right? You take an orange pill, you get mm. someone to take the orange pill. Um, and then when they take the orange pill, the medicine kicks in and it starts to help that particular cell in the humanity being, that human being, it helps them to waken from the drunken stupor of short time preference, chasing free money, all this other stuff. So like th this analogy is incredibly powerful and incredibly effective at helping us understand a number of different things. What is history? What is humanity? What is good? What is evil? What is Bitcoin's role in this? We're, we're looking, we're taking this historic view of humanity. From a non-duality perspective, it's, uh, we are just playing roles, right? So you have the evil guys mm -hmm. and the good guys. And because if we are all one, like the old scriptures say, then, then every time we create another reality, another mm -hmm. level of density as, as it seems we have done here so this is the most dense physical reality we have ever created and then to experience for the oneness to experience itself it needs to have different roles mm -hmm. um, and that's that's a perspective that uh, sometimes stops me from speaking up or from being more active or from taking actions, you know, to, to prevent the tyranny. And so, because I, I tend to meditate every day and then I go into non-duality. Have you thought about this non-dualic concept? Well, I'm not sure what's meant by non-dualistic. You have different levels of consciousness. And then when you go mm -hmm. to a very high consciousness, you experience mm -hmm. everything as one. Okay. You know, so yeah. everything is yeah. connected and if everything yeah. is corrected then good and evil they are just illusions so they are just roles mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. duality is when we are still in a reality where we have the 
we forget who we are. We forget the oneness of everything. So we are playing a part. We are, mm-hmm. we are separated from, from the oneness. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, yeah, my yeah. interpretation of this is, uh, so I, I generally actually think that this is a very valid model. And I think, I think that there, especially when you view it as layers or levels of consciousness, and at, at, at this lower level, I'm just going to use the analogy that we've used so far, right? I think I've actually painted different heights within this hierarchy. At the lowest level, you're just yourself, like your physical body and your matter. And you're just aware that you're hungry and that you need food and you need warmth and shelter. You're at the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and, and the bottom level of awareness. And what's good is what's good for you and what's bad is what's bad for you. Right, like that's your conception of good of good and evil, or good and bad, in that realm. As you abstract mm-hmm. higher, you know, it, you might think about your family, you might think about your culture, you might think about your country, you might think about humanity, you might think about the earth, you might think about the solar system, you might think about the universe. And and the more when by the time you thought of the whole universe, there's nothing that can be good or evil. Mm-hmm. You know, as because it's the whole everything within it is part of the oneness so there's nothing that's bad for the whole like everything is either bad for some part and good for another or vice versa or good for the whole thing like like good bacteria versus uh, bad bacteria and both are good for the body yeah like that's it one of the things you realize when you study um bitcoin or at least i have is like the things that are bad for it are good for it Right, like the attack mm-hmm. attacking Bitcoin is good for Bitcoin, right? It looks like you're trying to kill it, but you're actually making it stronger, right? And and an infection, which if which could kill you if it got really bad, if it doesn't kill you, it only makes you strong, right? Like that's that which doesn't kill me only makes me stronger, um, which is which is true. So it may be bad, but it's actually good because if it almost kills you, that's bad. But if it makes you stronger, that's good. So it's good and bad in the same time. It's got this duality to it and and this is the and this is progress right human let's take it back to what we've been talking about humanity's drunken stupor is both bad for it and good for it right it is this drunkenness this over or this orgy of consumption is bad because it's become an orgy of consumption but it's good because it was our discovery of how to produce a lot more so that we could be safe and healthy for many many millennia to come we just have over we've overdosed on the consequences and and the abilities of production and now we're witnessing our production decline as a result of some of these uh, of some of this stuff so it's it's all good in the end right um, we just have to go through this and, and in when depending on when you as a human being live you live during different stages of the humanity being's life and so you will be called upon as a as an element of the humanity being to do different things and then and solve different problems than than the humanity being had in different times in history and uh, and we're living through this transformation age where humanity is first of all becoming awake and aware of its entire self and its long term and when itself I'm, just not, I'm not saying oh you're aware that human beings exist you're aware that the humanity being has existed does exist and will exist for many millennia to come and and we use archaeology to try to discover more about our history when we were babies right? like what were we like 200,000 years ago we have no memory of it just like you have no memory of when you were born right it's, uh, people don't 
remember their baby stuff. But if there's a family picture, they'll show you, this is what you look like when you were a baby, right? This is what archaeology is to the human being. It doesn't remember. I don't remember what it was like when we were living in caves, but people are, you know, or people have found cave paintings and things like that. And so we know that the Stone Age happened. Uh, the earth is kind of like our family album, our historical record. The ruins are like a family album of this is what you used to do. But we're all, the humanity being is all alone um, as a human, in a human existence. I guess it has its company, the earth and the animals and the trees and whatever other yep. spiritual things it has. This is really cool. Really cool discussion, right? and I think really, um, really genuine too. Like really reflective of more of reality than you experience just by opening your eyes and seeing what it is, what the light that's coming into your individual eyeballs. We're seeing something broader. How does the humanity see? You asked. Yes, that's it. Another abrupt ending, but I believe me and Tomer will have more conversations in the future. So I hope you enjoyed this. And if you would like to discuss any similar topics on this podcast or in private, you're welcome to reach out to me on Twitter at Sama Katharo. Thank you again to Tomer Strolight for agreeing to this conversation.